Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm very glad to start my week with you. I'm glad that you are here. And I'm so glad uh, that Patrick Albanese will be joining me in just a minute to get things started, like we always do on Mondays. It's always nice to start a little on the light side because there's so much heaviness in the world. And I hope that we, uh, I hope that we can take ourselves not too seriously, but take uh, what we do for the Lord very seriously. But... Um, so anyway, Patrick is a comedian and a magician and a uh, professional everything. That's kind of what he does. <laughs> he's my go-to guy. If I need something fixed, he's the guy to call. Patrick, welcome. In fact, you did call me. Oh, and thank you. More I, than, I feel very welcome. More than once I've called you, me. yes. The other day, and you're up in Minnesota. I'm down in, uh, you know, the uh, prestigious. Um, is it a prestigious state or is it the city? Prestigious the city of West Des Moines. City, yes. city, yes. The great state of Iowa. And uh, you said to me, you know, where do I uh, dispose of toxic waste? <laughs> you know, what do you do? And uh, so I'm in Iowa. I said, I said, oh well, if you're in Minneapolis, you're going to go <laughs> to this place. Which uh, I have no idea why I'm. I have a, even know where for where you're supposed to dispose of toxic waste. Yeah, but uh, well, that's, the, you know, if I were you, I would have used those cleaning chemicals to actually clean the place. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is uh, some stuff that is combustible, and you just can't throw that away. So you have to have it removed or take yes. it somewhere. So you were nice enough to tell me. As you sat in Iowa, where I should take it in Minnesota. Way to go! Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's those, it's, those, it's, it's, those are good questions. You know, where do you take if you got like seventeen cans of paint that all have like an inch of paint left in them, and you're never going to use it because the paint is not even on the walls anymore? So what do you do? Where do you where do you take it? No, and the paint that's in the can is like a film at this point in time. It's <laughs> it's, it's very. It would make a nice thing to sit on. It's sort of cushiony. Uh, yeah, so there's, you know, cities provide a place for that because they know that if they don't, you'll probably throw it in a place you're not supposed to exactly. throw Exactly, or down the sewer or something. You know, and if, uh, you, if you have a gas can with like a half a gallon of gas, I mean, when gas is old, should you pour it in your car or should you try to dispose of it somehow? What do you do with old gas? Usually you hang on to it till the neighbor uh, needs to borrow some gas for their lawnmower. <laughs> Just not take it, take it all. Yeah, take the whole can. that's yours. <laughs> That's yours. Yes. You, so you, was, if you switch to an electric, you know, uh, blower or something, you don't need gas anymore. Then so what do you do with a half gallon of gas? Well, you save that for the power generator to generate the power for the electric mower. Should <laughs> <laughs> the electricity Good go point. out? Good point. You want to be ready for just about everything. So that place you recommended also took my, my uh, can of gas, which had a half a gallon in it. They said, well, we got to keep the, the can. I said, yeah, it's all yours. It's yeah, it's it's, uh, you know, it's uh, we recently had junk day. So uh, and this was a new concept to you. So down here in prestigious West Des Moines, uh, one day a year, 
there's here's the rule if if you could fit it into the back of a pickup truck uh, then you can put it out so if you have old mattresses some old furniture and uh, you get one day a year and they just each area you know has their specific day so we, they're doing construction on my street so I had to lug my um, junk down the street uh, a wee tad but uh, yeah they just come and they pick it up and of course the you have to put it out that you only allow 24 hours you can't have your stuff sitting out for a month <laughs> please somebody come take it <laughs> but then a bunch of people and i figured out how they came up with their pickup truck rule and the pickup truck rule is so that when you put things out people in pickup trucks they come and they pick through it all before because there's some mighty fine stuff yeah but there is <laughs> some smiles you know one man's uh, junk is another man's treasure and uh, um, you can find some pretty nice uh, things. I, I think we picked up – we had neighbors putting some stuff out, and we said, whoa, 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 we'll buy that, <laughs> which was a mistake, which was a mistake because we ended up paying them $300 for a whole bedroom set that they were going to throw away. Wow. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they, they'll they take just about anything, just about anything. Well, so, uh, yeah, that's uh, an interesting concept, Uh what thing that always kind of amazes me is that sofa that you see out that's, you know, <laughs> sitting in the rain yeah. for like five days and it's got that little piece of paper on it that says free. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's who's going to go now? There's the sofa we're looking for right there. And once you, once you squeeze that water out of the foam cushions. <laughs> All you right. Know, a little coat of paint, some, maybe some Durf. If it had Durafab covers on it, mm -hmm. if anybody remembers Durafab, which was just plastic coating for your furniture that made it just intolerable to sit on. My aunt and uncle that lived in uh, sunny southern Florida had Durafab on everything. And so it's 100 degrees out with 100% humidity. <laughs> and you come into the nice air-conditioned house and sit on plastic. It was, you just stuck to it. It made a sound as you stood up. And left a body print where you were. It was Durafab. But, but that sofa was in pristine condition 25 years later. It was. They had white furniture and a dog. So they were doing the right thing. Yeah. So I was looking through this book over the weekend, and I was seeing that there was this study in the book from 2011 that said the amount of data filtering through the typical person on any given day is five times more than what the average person received only 25 years ago. So not only is there more to learn, but there's plenty more opportunities to get things wrong. Yeah, um, and, what a great way to put it. Yeah, and it said opening the door to one's knowledge bank may not reveal intellectual riches, but an empty vault, an unnerving revelation for anyone who thinks their mind is airtight. Oh, so do you remember Harry Anderson? Yeah, Night Court. Yeah, he used to. Yeah, Night Court. Harry Anderson. He went. Uh, I mean, one of his uh, farewell uh, uh, sayings was, uh, "Keep an open mind. Not so open that your brains fall out." But <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. so it's it's Moore's law. Is Moore's law is the one that says that information doubles every eighteen months. And I think there's a separate law about uh, technology, the ability of technology doubling every X number of months, but it's been 10 years since that article that you just quoted mm -hmm. came out. So, um, and they were saying at that point in time, there was this much more information. Well, you know, how many cycles of 18 months is that? It's almost seven cycles of 18 months since that was said, which means that information has doubled 
seven times. Mm-hmm. Double, 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 double. And, you know, it's amazing. I, I was, I would love to be able to turn some of it off. Of course, um, I was looking to buy a mattress and now I, you know, I can't walk down the street without being inundated with mattress commercials. Yeah. And I wish I could for one. Say, that's all you look, see is mattress commercials. Yeah. And of course, once they know I'm looking for one, I, I can't open my telephone without saying, Hey, how's that mattress search going? <laughs> <laughs> And mm-hmm. I'd like to tell them, well, I have purchased a mattress. I'm very happy with it. And oh, if, good. if you could leave me alone, I might buy something from you in the future, but not, not now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's... they know it's, yeah, the information has doubled, but also their connectivity to us has, uh, has gone up uh, astronomically. Mm-hmm. They know everything we're looking for. Yeah. Do you remember as a kid, the news would come on at like six and your parents would want to watch the news from six to six thirty, and then. Occasionally, there would be another, like, news program from 6.30 to 7. Like, who wants to watch more news? There's good shows yeah. on. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gilligan's coming up. And Gilligan, that's Batman, the whole lineup. Yeah, Gilligan, Batman. Yeah. Saturday was the Fantasy Island um, Love Boat. Love Boat combo. Connection, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the Love Boat Connection. Uh, yeah, I mean, my we would our dinner time was 6.30 at our house so that uh, the news could be over. Yeah. Because my, my dad did not like the television being on during dinner. And so, uh, but you, you have to watch the news. So dinner's at 6.30. That's now, when we eat. Now there's 24-hour news all the time. Oh, yes. It's exhausting. So many, so many more ways to get the wrong information. Yeah, yeah. And the, this uh, book went on to talk a little bit about happiness uh, is found really um, through daily habits and lifestyle that it's it's a much more sustainable way to enjoy everyday life. And I think so, you're you're really good at that Patrick. You've got multiple things you do throughout your day that you get such enjoyment from. And I listen to you talk about it and I think, "Huh, that's a really enjoyable day." An enjoyable day ends up to being an enjoyable week, into an enjoyable month, into an enjoyable year, into an enjoyable lifetime. Yes. You obviously didn't speak to me when I was in the middle of cleaning the oven though. No, but I did see the photos. <laughs> Amazing. I did see yes. Before it's uh, it turns out you're supposed to clean them more frequently than every five or six years. <laughs> uh, it'll make your, your work a little bit easier. I think that's in, in, when you were talking about the news. So here's a question regarding that. Do you, do you think because of the 24-hour news cycle and the, the variety of ways that it comes to you now, do you feel more informed than you were when you just had the 6 o'clock news? Uh, or do you just feel like you have more information, which doesn't necessarily mean that you're more informed. You just have more things swimming around in your head. I, I know we certainly worry about a lot more things because we say, I did not know about these killer bees. And I, you know, you know, I didn't know that apple pie had that many calories. I, it, it's, it's, you're just inundated with mm-hmm. things to worry about. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was interesting. There are more things now that you can get wrong. And that would certainly apply to me because I, I have an, an incredible amount of information that comes into my head and there are more opportunities for me to get things wrong. So I have to be real careful what how you filter through. And then to make sure that you're enjoying the little things in life and to, to not get too distracted with the big picture of what's going on in the world. Because that's a lot of bad news. But the good news is, is that Jesus is in control and your life has incredible value and meaning and make sure you enjoy your everyday lifestyle and activities. And he, we have been warned. 
oh, yeah. that it's, there's very little that you can do about a lot of these things. You know, you, you do the things that you can, but uh, don't lose sight of guess who's in control. Exactly. All yeah. right. Let me take a Guys. little break. More with Patrick Albanese and lots more in just a minute. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I'm back with Patrick Albanese, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. So it looks like Bill and Melinda Gates are having a little bit of trouble, and Melinda... uh, had a little escape to a private island that rents for $132,000 a night. If I were her, I would definitely take the little bottle of shampoo, sewing kit, and shower cap. Yeah. You might, I mean, at least ask about the robe. <laughs> I'd ask about the robe. They'd tack it on the bill if you try to stuff it in the suitcase. What does a robe, li- a robe in a $132,000 a night place cost? It's probably made out of some sort of cashmere, right? <laughs> cashmere bath towels. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you have a hard time uh, so, sleeping? Going, this has cost me 132 grand to be here. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how you get into the mindset of being a billionaire. Yeah, I've tried. Good point. <laughs> it doesn't work, does it? Yeah, uh, I, I struggle with it. I go, why is a piece of cheese on the cheeseburger? Why is that an extra 50 cents? I mean, I, I buy a pack of cheese <laughs> with 16 slices for $3. There's no way that that's 50 right. cents. Um, so I, I kind of failed the billionaire test. You know, it's it's like I wasn't bothered so much that she was spending one hundred thirty two thousand dollars a night. It seems crazy. I think I was bothered more that there is a market for something like that. And somebody said, you know what we need? You know what the world needs <laughs> is a hotel room. That costs one hundred and thirty two thousand dollars a night, you know, just to keep some people out. <laughs> you know, this this becomes a very exclusive club. And that the experiment succeeded, that there are people that say, yeah, I'm in. What do you say? You want to <laughs> you want to meet up? We should get separate rooms. <laughs> you don't want to double up? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, at one hundred and thirty two thousand. Yeah. You know what? I think I think getting that thing down to about sixty six grand. That's more than my <laughs> budget. Um. That's isn't it amazing that, you know, people can talk about the sky is falling till they're blue in the face. But as long as we have one hundred and thirty two thousand dollar night hotel rooms that are booking, things must be going okay in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So yesterday, of course, was Mother's Day. So, uh, again, I'm never tired of celebrating moms. So happy uh, Mother's Day one more time before we move on to uh, towards Father's Day. But oh, I, I I met with my men's group, you know, the usual men's group, the 6 a.m. at the card aisle at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good there to see were. them all, wasn't I, it? Yeah. I haven't seen these guys since Valentine's Day. <laughs> so yeah. it was nice to see them again. Yeah. yeah. So. So anyway, I stopped and got some takeout food on um, Sunday, and I said to the kid waiting on me, who was probably 26, I said, hey, have you called your mom yet? He goes, nope, haven't talked to her in two years. And uh, he uh, kind of proceeded to uh, look kind of like, no, we're done. And I thought, oh, my, that is the saddest thing ever. Um, If you are at odds with your beloved mother, make sure you reconcile. 
Yeah, I, I know for some people that can be a, a tough thing. You, know, you don't know anybody's individual story, and there are some rough ones. I know at, at our church, um, uh, Pastor Mike will address those issues you know, about difficulties with tough family members You know that maybe you're having a rift with. And he, of course, pushes for any kind of reconciliation and even says, look, you know, you may not get over the hurt. You may not get over whatever it is that's between you, but try to talk to him. And even if it's not going to be frequently, try not to have that. I, I, know, I think I've told you the story about my friend Craig, who was not on speaking terms with his grandmother. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 and it hurt him. And then he did the same thing with his father and he wouldn't speak to him and, and he lost them both. And he said, you know, I wish I, I, I'd like to take those back. I'd like to redo those. Those are tough. They're really tough. And again, great reminder, if there is, uh, if you didn't talk to your mother and you still can, and you um, could call her today or stop by, do it. Yeah. You and I know yeah. how valuable it is when those opportunities are there, because we don't have those opportunities anymore. So uh, I just want to encourage anyone who might be not reconciled to do so. There. Uh, well, I you know, I, I, you know, my mom had a short period of time left. And so I was driving from, I decided to take a trip, a side trip to Chicago on my way to Minneapolis. So from Des Moines, I'm kind of creating a triangle so I could go visit her in the hospital because I knew she only had a, a few months left. And I get into the hospital room and she's asleep and she was gone an hour later. Wow. Uh, and I, I, you know, I mean, I got to talk to her. She did not get to respond to me. Um, but I thought, I thought we, I thought we, we were told we had, some, you know, three to six months, mm -hmm. three to six months. And this was just, I said, well, I'm going to, you know, I'll take a side trip on my way here. And it was just that fast. Uh, I was glad I was there. Yeah, I would say that was a God-ordained moment, honestly. Uh, she did She did not pass alone. Yeah. Because otherwise she would have been alone in that room. So, uh, right. But uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I wish I would have gotten there a couple hours earlier, mm -hmm. a day earlier. You know, and you, you know, you only get your, unfortunately, I was on great terms with my mother and we spoke a lot, even though I was child number six and, you know, the easiest of her births, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Out of eight kids or seven, there's seven or eight. eight I forget. Eight kids, yeah, eight. I was the only one where labor was induced. Oh, okay. Yeah, because my father, the accountant, said, uh, this child will not be born after the new year. You understand <laughs> that, don't you? <laughs> if you are born before the new year, it's a tax deduction, right? Yes. For, that, for that, so was, that year. I was born December 30th. Yeah. Yep. After driving over train tracks and inducing labor, there I was. <laughs> <laughs> Second baby that year. So I'm an Irish twin, as you know. I have a sister. We are born the same year. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah. And then um, you're, you have three three brothers and four sisters, right? Two brothers, uh, lost my one brother, Bob, yep. in, in 1992, uh, and uh, he was only 34, and then I have five sisters, and then uh, some years later, my mother remarried, so I actually do have two stepsisters and a stepbrother mm -hmm. as well. Uh, we get along swimmingly. Yeah. That I, means, I never understood that, swimmingly. <laughs> yeah, I never really get that either. Yeah. yeah. But well, the, you're from a big family. Big uh, families are kind of fun. They're very fun, Yeah. Yeah, they're um, 
and you you've kept a lot of stuff that belonged to Bob and your brother yep. who's died and it is it is hard to to let that stuff go isn't it it, it really is i you know i um we, my brother and i my brother mike and i went to his house first to start uh, the, the cleansing process cuz we knew it was going to be pretty hard on my mom and uh he had on the coffee table one magazine, a life magazine, uh, the cover story was, is there life after death? And it was open to that article. It was the last thing he read. Wow. And I recently tracked down a copy of that. So I have that. And uh, in the CD player was Tom Petty's Full Moon Fever. I have that CD. And uh, to this day, is of course, one of my favorite albums. It was one of his favorite albums. I have an old phone book, you know, where you, you wrote in in pencil because people moved and got new phone numbers. I, I can't throw it away. Yeah. It's got his, you know, it's been 30 years and I, well, I, I, I have to have that phone book. I have that phone, his Bob's, you know, phone number in there and his address. And I mean, the house has been raised. The, the phone number has been given away 32 times since then. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I can't, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't seem to let it go. Yeah. Well, that's actually kind of, kind of sweet in a way. I don't, it's not taking up a lot of space in your house, of course, a little phone book and a CD, but it is awfully sweet memory of your brother, Bob. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, and I, I, it's, it's odd. I know I've told you the story after my father passed away when I was a kid. You know, over the years, the last of his possessions gets got reduced to, you know, what could kind of fit in a filing cabinet, you know. And uh, after my brother died, when we were moving some of his stuff, I, I noticed that we were moving it into a filing cabinet next to my dad's. And I'd go down to that basement sometimes and just stare at the two filing cabinets and say, wow, is this, is this it? Mm -hmm. Here we are. We're filing yeah. cabinets yeah. at the end of the That's why it's so great to have hope. And it's so great to it's... know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, because that's where your eternity is. This is the short, brittle life. I remember my grandma used to say, uh, that she would pray to the, the God that would one day take her out of this world into his timeless kingdom to be with him forever. And that was what brought her great joy. My, my Aunt Donna would say, you know, when I'm gone, uh, I hope I get a chance to meet with God so I can ask him one question. Why were you so good to me? <laughs> very sweet. That was my Aunt Donna. Yeah, yeah, very sweet. Patrick, thanks for getting my day started. Always nice to talk oh. to you. Have a great rest of the week. Thanks, you too. All right. Bye. Patrick Albanese has been my guest to get things started on this Monday. We're so glad it is May 10th all day. So we'll take a little break when we come back. The Monday afternoon mix will continue. Pastor David Miles should be walking in the door any minute. I don't see him yet, but any minute. Be right back.
right, it's the Monday afternoon mix. Here we are, Pastor David Miles. Hello, PDM. Hi, Bill Arnold. And Rosemary Browson. Rosie, hello. Rosie. Wow, I haven't heard my full name like that for a long time. Well, there it is. Uh-oh. There it is. Didn't, like, did, didn't you guys grow up where, you know, you had your name and then you had first, middle, and last name and you knew Ooh, yeah. it was on? Oh, do that again, Rosie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that was a, oh, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> That comes from a girl who got into trouble. Did you get in trouble, too? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Not as Not as bad as... You know that image projects, but bad enough for you know, for my family. Not as bad as Emily Grover, who uh, rigged a homecoming queen election. David, you just put this article in my hand from the Washington Post. Teen accused of rigging vote to become homecoming queen will be tried as an adult. Yeah, I happen to see this that. This must have caught your attention. Well, it was on the news the other day, like just in passing, and then it popped up, and it was like, you know, just a desire for you know, recognition um, to such a point that, you know, I guess like they hacked into the school's computer system and like went in and went into people's accounts and then like flipped, you know, flipped the the whole thing just to be able to say. So she could become the homecoming queen at her school. To become homecoming queen, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's... uh, that's crazy, and Rosie, it's you were very twisted. You were saying what earlier about just all like all the different like shows and just different things that are. Well, I think what what do we expect? You know, you have shows like Pretty Little Liars and Thirteen Weeks and all these things where they're showing kids doing, teenagers basically doing diabolical things that would never even cross your plate to consider doing, as examples of you know popularity and you know this is our current culture. It's it's crazy to me. Plus social media. So yeah. the girl got expelled from high school, so I don't believe she is going to be the, the queen, and her mother was suspended from her job. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so how did that work out? You know? Well, Not so good. You can see how slow I am on it. Bill's like, uh, <laughs> the girl was expelled from high school, and her mother lost her job. <laughs> and PDM comes in and says, yeah, so like, how'd that work out? <laughs> and for what, though? For a tiara? And I mean, doesn't she need like Bruce Springsteen's Glory Days song or something? Like high school is just not it. <laughs> Glory Days. Well, let's talk about how this affects identity and how important identity is. Well, you know, it's... Nice segue, Bill. It is. Thank Bill, you. you're a bum. It's... Seriously. Thank you. On that was a nice segue. mix with Bill Arnold. That was really low. That was. That yeah. was low. I almost, I almost uh, you know, lost my, my breath there. Well, you know, it, it affects identity, and it actually, you know, it affects sometimes the ways that we try to, um, um, to, to position ourselves. And actually, there is a parable um, where Jesus talks about this in, in Luke 14, um, and it said, you know, he told them a parable about those who were invited to a party. And uh, when he noticed how they, or excuse me, Jesus, now, he told a parable to those who were invited. And when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, he said to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who is invited, you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person then you will begin with shame and take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. 
Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will uh, humbles himself will be exalted. You know, and so like you know, earlier in this 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 passage, Jesus heals a man on the Sabbath while he's been invited to a house of a Pharisee. So here's this lame dude in this you know bigwig's house, and you know all of them are thinking, dude, first of all, what are you doing here? And then second, what are you going to do? And Jesus heals him, you know, and it's like, is it not lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? And so Jesus takes this opportunity to, to highlight sometimes our desire to be, you know, in first place, you know, to be exalted. Mm-hmm. And in the story with this, this young girl um, is that, you know, taken to the extreme, seemingly extreme um, of saying, I want to to be first. I want to be recognized, you know? So like Rosie, what's, what does the TR say? I Well, it says, says you're royalty. Okay. That yeah. you're above all those other girls or something. Yeah. And so, you know, what is that in us? Because here's the thing. I don't, I'm Emily is her name. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Emily um, is the person who's getting splashed on the news you know, but but if we're to be honest, how many times have we wanted to be in first place or mm-hmm. to be recognized or to be, you know, esteemed over, you know, other people in our flesh, mm-hmm. you know? So, so what is this thing about, you know, identity and, and, and what others say about us versus what God says about us? A wonderful point. Now, this is going to be a struggle living in the flesh, but we always have to remind ourselves who we are in Christ and speak that truth to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it also um, signifies a hole that, you know, that God hasn't yet filled. Because if you're looking for the world to establish who you are or you need to be noticed, you've got a hole. You've got something. You've got a hunger, a wound, a hurt. And the only the only way that that's going to be filled is through a relationship with Christ. And so it really shows, even if you are a Christian already, needing to run back to daddy and say, I'm looking for satisfaction and other things. Please fill me. You know, what's missing in our relationship? So it can happen to people. Sometimes I think we only think about it to, uh, for people who aren't walking with Christ. But it can happen with while you're walking through Christ, with Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this past weekend, uh, you know, Pastor Paul... Uh, schoolmeasters at New Hope Church, where I'm one of the pastors at, was sharing a little bit of a parable of the fig tree. And he had noted about just, you know, fruits of the Spirit and us bearing the fruit. And he had shared of uh, a prayer event that happened um, last week or something. And I happened to just catch some comments. Um, I wasn't feeling the best over the weekend, so I ended up having to, like, sleep. Um but uh, it was just kind of regarding a, a prayer event and some people praying, and, and it had one of the local evangelists, Nicole, who was on it. But it was more so the comment of the, the, the kind of the vitriol that was happening amongst people online and, you know, and just kind of, um, yeah, just, just high degrees of, you know, just abrasiveness, high, seemingly high degrees of, of you know, people being upset with him. And I don't know everything with the details, so my apologies on that. So that's some of my hesitancy in speaking 
you know, want to be more substantiated when, when I make a statement. Um, but I know that just from understanding the message, just that people, their reactions with one another wasn't being done in Christ-like love. Mm. And um, on a separate note, there was there was another, you know, communication that people were having. And it was it was around that same thing, that, that kind of just harshness with one another. Um, and it's like you can be right and you can be wrong at the at, at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like you could be right about something, um, but how you say it, you know. Uh, I think someone said, "Don't don't allow your don't allow the um, some somewhere along the lines that in the process that you become the offending person with your behavior towards something." You know, we talk about that even with our kids, you know, how you do respond to your brother and sister, you know, that does matter. I mean, does that reflect Christ? And I think sometimes we've slid into a thing that just if I feel like I'm right, then I can act any way I want to. And it's kind of like, you know, no. So, and and back to what you said, Rosie, even with the TR thing, um, high school and middle school and Adulthood, because sometimes you have you have eighteen year olds who just happen to you know repeat that same year and now they're like forty two mm-hmm. um, but those years can be harsh in the ways that people treat one another, and it can lead to um if our identity isn't in Christ to devastating outcomes and I always look at Philippians four. When it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Yeah, think on those things. Think on some things. I think think on God's immense grace to us. Um, You know, I celebrated a birthday this past weekend, which was just, you know, a lot of fun. Um, and actually, uh, I was actually feeling quite, you know, under the weather. Um, I had, I reacted to my second shot from Pfizer and, uh, it was, it wasn't pretty. And so, but I'm thankful for a whole bunch of other things. And, you know, they said that, you know, this is something that could happen. You know, Tammy's fine, all that. Me, I'm like, but I decided I wanted to just send out a text uh, and I sent out a text or a uh, Facebook thing the other night, and I just said, so grateful for this night 34 years ago at 10.45 p.m. at Topper's Restaurant, uh, several months after a failed suicide attempt when someone shared the good news of having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So thankful. And, you know, I was sitting there just kind of basking, as I'm feeling pretty horrible, but just basking in deep gratitude, um, you know, in a time that when people are, are young and having a sense of, of, of identity and who are they? And, you know, when I bring up, like, my story, I don't ever want people to feel, you know, minimized because the truth of the matter, one of the things that brings me to tears is of people who, who have attempted suicide and have been successful, people that I've personally talked to. And then find out later. And, you know, it, it's a special it's a special place in my heart for um, those families and those individuals. And uh, 
and what you're going through. And it's, it's, man, I mean, like, it's such a, not only the lies of the enemy and just all the various other things that are multiplied in it. Um, But I know for some, when they hear that, they're still picking up the pieces. And I guess like in the midst of it, you know, I share my story um, because sometimes we don't, we don't talk about it. I had one of my classmates send me a note and they were just like, Hey, you know what? I actually don't remember. Like this is about the time I've moved to the school from another part of North Dakota and had just like met you. And so for them, it was wild, but they were like, this explains things about you. Yes, like God really need to save me. I'm a weird one, I, you know, but I, I just walk in who I am. Um, but for a number of people, it was like, there were some friends who, who texted and said, I remember being there the night at Toppers when that happened, you know. And my identity, I grew up third child in a family uh, dad struggled and then recovered from alcoholism. I grew up as a lone chocolate chip and batter up in Grand Forks, North Dakota. You know, I did hear the N-word from lots of people at different phases. And, you know, someone asked me the other day, like, why do you, like, stay engaged and, and have a heart to see God's church reflect the beauty of his diversity? Say, one, because that's what Revelation shows to the glory of God, and it's for God's glory. I mean, and because the gospel is real, you know, it, it changed my life. And it's not just a good maxim. And it is the power of the blood of Jesus that changes. And you need that because people will let you down. And Jesus is a friend who never changes. Because one of the people who actually led me to Christ actually didn't have me or invite me to their wedding because they were afraid of what their future in-laws would think of them having a good black friend. And at that point, you could just be like, forget this. There's no congruency. But Jesus really is who he is, even when others let us down. So there's someone driving before we go to break. There's someone driving today who's like, you know what, I've been hurt by, by people, and that's why I stopped going to church and That's why I'm like done with Jesus. And I just want to say, Jesus is not done with you. And yes, people will let you down. But Jesus is faithful and he spread his arms on a cross and died. That's the only reason why you're hearing my voice right now. Because left to Dave, I wouldn't be here. But God said, I have something better than a TR for you. Mm -hmm. I love it. Pastor David Miles, Rosie. Monday afternoon mix. We'll take a little break, and you can bet we'll be right back.
Mixed Mix. Pastor David Miles is here. David's an adjunct professor here at the University of Northwestern and pastor at New Hope Church in New Hope, Minnesota. And Rosie and I are always glad to talk to David. And David, when you were talking about your birthday celebration, it was not your chronological birth. It was your born again birthday. Yes. So it might be good to just reflect on John chapter three, where Jesus said, verily, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Marvel not when I say you must be born again. That's what you're talking about, the celebration that, of that birthday. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the the day for me um, that I remember God just working, you know, transformatively in my life and crystallizing the gospel as someone shared it with me through a ministry called Student Venture, which was a part of Camps Crusade for Christ. Now, that's not everyone's story, too. And, like, my actual walk with God is very weird and nonlinear, like feeling called to preach when I was like eight years old, but not really have, and, but it really was after this failed suicide attempt, but not just having like religion or church, but actually having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that that happened. C.S. Lewis, he's like, I got in a carriage ride and left an atheist, came back a Christian. Um, one of the guys in, in our fellowship of Christian athletes when I was at North Dakota State University you know, he 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 said, David, I, I left from winter break adamantly against God. He goes, I can't tell you when, but he goes, I came back the following, you know, spring semester and I, I believed the gospel and my life was changed. And I can't tell you where in that period of the break, what, when and where happened. I, I just know God changed me. And so for, for people who are like, you know what, I, I really, I I don't know. Or especially for people who are like, you know, but I was younger and, you know, yeah, I prayed a prayer and I, I don't have, you know, your testimony. You know, you have God's grace. Like, listen, the thing is, all of us need Jesus, you know, and so it, it's it's not that thing. So this is just part of my story of when of, of my spiritual birthday that I celebrate. And I really appreciate not only hearing your story because I've heard it more than once, which I love, but also just a reminder of how sweet it is and how 34 years of falling in the Lord and what God's done in your life and what he continues to do is just so wonderful. Yeah, he he loves working, at least for me, like I am perfectly imperfect, Mm -hmm. like, and and then some. And, you know, has everything been like, oh, just rosy, you know? No, you know, but he has been, he's been faithful you know, and uh, the, the the night I was at home and I attempted my overdose, actually, no one was supposed to be home, I, actually. And my mom actually ended up who who is at home and, and, and uh, you know, basically I ended up spilling some stuff and was, you know, busted, you know. And, and, and I know like for her, who I love just dearly, you know, even for her, she's like, you know, what could I have done like different? What, what was it? And, you know, and there were things that were going on for me, you know? Um, and, and remember even in that, those moments of darkness, just like, you know, you, it'd be better off without you here. It's better if you, there's no reason. And, and so, you know, there, there are parents feeling like, you know, man, what, what could I, what could I have done different? And you're, you're beating yourself up. And I, my mom and my dad, they love me. Um, it's something that I was just really struggling 
you know, with. And it was a it was a hard, dark moment at that when that had happened. So utterly devastating when it happens to any family, and it's one of those incredibly painful, tragic events that does live on for the rest of everyone's life. Yeah, it does. And mm-hmm. like I, it is one of the things that. Not only do I, I get sad, but I it's something that just it does it it frust, it's frustrating for me. I, I just um you know, and it's like that's like some people walked up and they're like, Why do you share your story? It's like I actually it, it doesn't matter what you think about me. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully the fact that I'm a pastor because you're expecting me to say, Here's a Bible verse, you know, call me back in two weeks type of thing. But the fact like to say, no, like I I, in my own way, understand. I don't understand yours, and I'm, I'm not going to be arrogant to say that. I can understand some of my journey and understand, you know, clinical depression and, and, and being treated for that. And just like just a number of different things. And as a young kid, having seizure disorders and, and being different and, and being like the only chocolate Norwegian and, you know, all those. You So like understand that. And so... um you know, I've been blessed to have people come and say, you know what, thank you. Um, I, I had a student say that they had been gone for a while, and they said, they said I walked, you know, came back to school and, and sat in the class wondering, like, am I even supposed to, like, be here? This is right. And I shared my story. And I just said, don't let the suit coat. You know, don't let pastor, like, confuse you and throw you for a loop. I have issues. I I needed Jesus and still do. Mm -hmm. You know, and the person said, like, I had just said to myself, like, is this really, like, the right time? Like, what am I doing? And hearing that. Our brokenness, guys, is such a powerful testimony. And all of us have it. And and, uh, Jesus makes it sweet in how he puts us together and continues to keep making us into his image. We prayed as early as today for someone connected here with uh, Faith Radio who's got uh, a relative struggling with this very fragile place where the worthlessness is kicking in and the thought of taking their life is ever-present. And I think there's many more have that know people, relatives, people they care about that might be suffering. And David, I would love for you to Yeah, I would be happy to. I know you would. And uh, also, hey guys, um, my spiritual birthday came about not because of a pastor. It actually came about because my locker mate named Lance Porter just invited me. He, He didn't even know. And I remember the night I gave, the first time I gave my testimony, some of my classmates came up and they're like, I didn't know. There's so much we don't know. So sometimes just asking. And so let me, let me pray. Please. Heavenly Father, I, I want to lift up to you just these very dear people um, that you love. And God, I so want them to understand and believe and accept a love that you give that's greater than any tiara or any temporary crown, but that's eternal and can start today. And I pray for for people who 
believe that they're worthless and, and have no value and that no one sees them or hears them. And God, would you please speak to the depths of their heart and soul where they're at and say, yeah, I see you and I love you and I know you. And I sent my son not just to be a religious holiday, but so that I could have a relationship with you and give you new life starting today that goes for eternity. And I pray for the people flooding in the minds of our listeners who have said, you know, I thought about calling and Lord, give them grace and action just to do so. And so we praise you for this day. I thank you for each of these people. And God, glorify your name in rich and powerful ways and in through all of our simple efforts. In Jesus' name, amen. David, thank you so much. Once again, the Monday Afternoon Mix is always a delight. We look forward to having you, and thank you for sharing your heart with us today. You always do it. Thanks. Good to yeah. be with you guys. Yeah. All right, we'll take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk to A.J. Swoboda. He's written a book called After Doubt, How to Question Your Faith Without Losing It. Be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.